Hello, Rancho Vista Church. Thank you so much for joining us here at our online service. We are so glad you're with us. You know, have you ever had an idea that everybody thought was crazy, but you knew in your heart that it wasn't crazy? You knew in your heart that it was a great idea, but yet everybody else told you it was crazy. I had that experience. It was my senior year at San Diego State, and I was honing in my skills as a personal trainer there at the Aztec Recreation Center. The year was Y2K, when the world was going to end. I was thinking, why am I even going to school if the world is going to end? Why am I working so hard? So I had an idea. I had just ran uh, my second marathon, which I qualified for the Boston Marathon. And I thought, you know, we need to start a running group here at San Diego State. So at the time, there was not a men's team. There was only a women's team. And we had intramural sports, and everybody was so excited about those and having a great time. But yet, there was no running group. There was no running club at all. And so I presented the idea to my colleagues, and they all thought it was crazy. They said, when are you going to meet? I said, we're going to meet on Saturday mornings at 630 and we're gonna run around, you know, I'll, I'll have different routes and maybe we'll meet at different locations at certain Saturdays. And they're like, okay, college students, San Diego State, uh, known for partying. Uh, Saturday morning running, it's not gonna happen. Everybody thought it was crazy. Even my boss at the time, she was like, well, let's give it a shot. She was open to it. And so I started posting flyers and, and started getting the word out. And I started sending emails to the members and sure enough, Saturday morning, we met at 6.30 in the morning, we had over 50 people show up. So the thing is that they didn't understand runners. Runners are crazy. We, we get up in the morning. We, we go to bed early so we can run in the morning. And so for us, that is the prize. And so it was a great success. And and that's kind of where I started with Aztec Runner and Aztec Fitness and all that. And, and, and um, I was so excited about it. Everybody was so excited about it. They started putting more money into the program. And I'm not sure if it's continuing to this day because it's been 20 years. But it was such a victory for me. And it really helped me just to continue on my career. Well, there's a similar story back in Israel. And my goal today is for you to see if you can see yourself in this story. A story that nobody thought was possible, but yet God made it possible. That everybody, everything, everybody was against it, but yet just a few people had the faith to continue on. So in order to, to see yourself as part of this story, you need to think of amazing things that God has done in your life. So think about that. Has God done amazing things in your life? I know He has in mine. But we pick up in Numbers 13. And just to give you a little background, the Israelites have just gone out of Egypt. You know, let my people go, right? The plagues with Pharaoh and all that. So they're out of Egypt. You know, they crossed the Red Sea. Remember that? God parted it. I mean, just, I saw the movie, right? Amazing. Just, there's walls of water on each side. I mean, I don't know how it was actually, but that's what I'm imagining how you would part the sea and you could walk right through it. And so the people are watching all this. They're experiencing all this. And it's just, I wish I was there. I think about, man, if, if I were there to see that, 
I'd be at a whole different level of faith. How about you? And so all that happens, and now they're at the cusp of going into the promised land you know, that God had prepared for them. And so before that happened, Moses sent out some spies to check out the land. He sent 12 of them. And so they came back, and this is the report they gave him. In Numbers 13, verse 26, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. So this journey took 40 days. And from south to north, the journey was 250 miles one way. That's like going from San Diego to Fresno walking and back. It took them 40 days. It goes on in verse 27. They gave Moses his account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey, which to me translates into ice cream. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in, in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. So you start to see the different account, right? That the land is great, but we have some obstacles here. There, there are some tough problems that we need to face if we're going to go there. And right away, but we see that you know anything of great value has great obstacles as well. You know that old saying, if it's easy, everybody would be doing it? It applies here. Verse 30, but then Caleb, we have a different response to this. Silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. And so we find ourselves here in this story, in a journey right now. With this current pandemic, so much has been exposed. And so many of us have responded in different ways. We have people who are unsure of the future. But yet, when has the future been certain, right? We've always had uncertain future. It's just been a facade. And some people are responding with so much fear. Some people are responding with maybe they should be afraid. Uh, and we have the same responses here. And so... Two of the twelve were full of faith. That was Joshua and Caleb. But the other ten were full of fear. And so why would they be afraid? They have reason to, right? They saw the, what they saw, just they had every reason to be afraid. Just like we have every reason to be afraid right now with what's going on in the world. So the fear is not unfounded. But how they reacted to that fear was different. Caleb comes across as very courageous. And courage is not that you're not afraid, but is that you continue on in spite of your fear. And so as we're stepping into what God is calling us, we need to take an example here from the scriptures. Because before they went out, Moses had a plan. In Numbers 13, when he sent them out, his instructions to them were comprehensive. They full, they, he, he wanted to know answers of what is going on. What are we looking ahead? 
And these are some of the same questions we need to be asking as we move forward with all the uncertainty. For example, verse 18, he said, See what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns did they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. And so, as we move forward, we're asking ourselves similar questions, right? What am I going to do now with my job? What am I going to do with my career? How am I going to reinvent myself? What new skills am I going to acquire? How am I going to handle my family? Now that we're at home so much and, and I have a job, my wife has a job, they have to be in school, and how do we manage all that? We need to be asking those same questions. When are we going to meet again as a church? When is RVC going to open up? Is Pedro going to keep preaching? And so as we ask ourselves these questions, this is what's going to prepare us for the future. And I hope and pray that you are asking yourselves these questions. I hope that you're, you're thinking about how awesome the future is going to be in spite of all the things we need to be afraid of, but yet how you're going to come out victorious, that we can have the same attitude as Caleb. But we continue in verse 31, and we start to see how the fear is continuing to spread little by little throughout the community. Verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. You know, are you spreading fear? Because these 10 men, they were spreading the fear like COVID-19. They were sneezing the fear on people, coughing the fear on people. They were walking around unprotected. And the fear continued to infect others and others. They were, they were touching stuff, you know, putting the fear on things. And then other people would come and touch those same things. And then they would touch their face. And they would be infected with fear like COVID-19. You know, people are listening. Your children are listening. And if we continue to spread that fear, it is going to deeply influence our actions. So we need to put on the mask. Not only that stops COVID-19, but the mask that stops spreading the fear. I mean, we have a choice. Are we going to put on that mask or not? And there's a couple other masks we need to wear. Like the mask that stops spreading hate, the mask that stops spreading racism. And I pray for the family of George Floyd and I pray for the country that we can get through this by wearing the mask that stops the fear, the hatred, and the racism. Amen? And so the fear in the community we see now reaches its pinnacle in chapter 14. Numbers 14, verses 1 through 9. That night, all the members of the community, you see now everybody is now infected with this fear. They raised their voices and wept aloud. 
all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Now remember, Egypt is when they were slaves. Egypt is where they were beaten and oppressed. But yet, in that oppression, they had security. This false sense of security. They probably had three meals a day. They had a place to live. Yes, they were slaves, but there was this security in them that they did not have now. And so they would rather to go to slavery and security than freedom and faith. Are you dwelling on life that's pre-COVID? I think of that, how things were before. You know, the Bible says it's not wise to ask about the good old days, right? But I think of pre-COVID and how good it, we had it. But yet, did you not have problems before COVID-19? Did you not have issues in your life? Did you really love your job and now you hate it because of COVID-19? And we could get so caught up because our fear is so great that we start exaggerating what is faced in front of us and we start minimizing the troubles we've had in the past. This is what Israel was doing. Their fear was so ingrained in their heart that they thought, man, I would rather be a slave than go back. Would you rather be a slave? Are you complaining and grumbling every day about how life was before? I know I'm guilty of this. You know, for me, it's like two phase. I'm in phase two right now. So phase one for me in my family was, you know, we have to shelter in place. Uh, we're we're going to do that. And, and phase one was just figuring out just how to do that. You know, the first few weeks were just hard in our family. How about yours? I mean, trying to figure it all out, you know, afraid of, of our careers and our jobs and, and how we're going to handle that and, and afraid of, of my children and their education and how we're going to handle that. And it was a lot of turmoil. You know, we, my wife and I were, you know, getting into it. And, and I was trying to figure out what to do with my job. But yet I need to help my kids with their schoolwork. And, and it was just a whirlwind. And so phase one was figuring that out. And so we did that, right? We talked about uh, self-empathy. We talked about uh, forgiving each other more. You know, stepping it up in grace. Stepping it up in forgiveness. Stepping it up in patience. And also your own self-empathy that you're not going to be as productive as you were before. And so after so many months of that, excuse me, we, we feel like we hit a stride. But yet a part of me was thinking of the past. A part of me was thinking it's going to go back. It's all going to go back to normal and don't worry about it. This is only temporary. And then I get a message from our school district that starting in the fall, it's going to be more of the same. Distance learning. You're going to still be at home. 
and I was I was crushed and now it's like no I, I, a part of me was like man don't worry about it and so now after hearing that noise I just start thinking of the past and how good we had it and I start looking having a bleak outlook on the future the fear starting to set in for me that okay what am I gonna do now and now they're talking about maybe one or two years all this uncertainty and so for me like all that represents is like the fortified walls it's like the giants that the Israelites are facing right they I mean maybe they were big with it maybe they weren't giants I don't know maybe the walls were big but maybe they were making it out you know harder you know higher than they were and so I see myself in this story don't you how all these problems that I'm about to face I don't know maybe they're bigger than I'm making out to be but I want to be like Caleb we can certainly do it we can certainly because God is with us because God is going to lead us through this and we need to raise that hope and stop spreading the fear so if you don't believe you will not receive we continue on and we see how how God feels about this so all this is going on now and 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 God is silent right Moses and Aaron are are trying to calm the assembly and do what they can but they're about to get stoned they're they're about to get killed and so in numbers 14 verse 10 we see God's response we see God step in and this is what he says but the whole assembly talked about stoning them then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites the Lord said to Moses how long will these people treat me with contempt how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they see God is not messing around here he he is he's gonna just start over with Moses I mean you could see the frustration you could see how they're treating him with contempt and he's saying here in spite of all the things I have done and I think of my life in spite of all the things God has done for me in spite of all the things God has done for you how should our outlook be about the future that frustration and we see that the Israelites are not going to receive what's due to them because of their unbelief does it bother me that we're not meeting Yes, it does. Does it bother me that Americans are suffering physically, emotionally, and economically? Yes, it does bother me. But fear stopped the Israelites from stepping into this future that God has created for them. And fear will stop us from stepping into the life that God has created for us. I want to be like Joseph, sorry, Joshua and Caleb. As they say, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. See, what would it take for you to say that? That the future that is ahead of you is exceedingly good. In verse 8, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey or ice cream, and will give it to us. 
And I'm looking deep inside my heart as we're faced here with a new future. Are we going to take it? Or are we going to shrink back in fear? Are you going to allow God to lead you into this new land, into this new future? So what is this promised land that God is calling us to? To take possession of right now? Are we going to miss out on what God is doing? Or are we going to go ahead and hope and faith? Yeah, we must prepare. We must prepare by asking the questions about the land, about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. We must stop spreading the fear. Put on that mask. Stop spreading the fear and the hatred because people will be infected by it and believe that although we're faced with disease, with economic instability and racism, as Caleb says, we can certainly do it. Just pray with me. Great God in heaven, God, I pray for the world right now and what's going on. I pray for the world and, and all the way down to each individual's heart that we can all come together and rally against what you have done in the past for us and to see the future that you have in store for us. Lord, I pray that as we face all these trials, as we face all these problems, that we could see them with the full faith that you will come through for us, that we can see it with the full passion that you are going to lead us Lord, I thank you for what we have now. Some people are having a real hard time, but some people are actually doing better. And I pray that those who are blessed right now can turn around and bless others. I pray that those who are struggling can find hope, can find help, and that we can step up as a family to help each other. And Lord, as we look to the future that is so uncertain, we look to you. Lord, that the pandemic can pass us by. The economy can improve. Our lives can improve. That we can look back at these times and see how we were like Caleb. That we said we can certainly do it. We have a bright future. Father, help us believe. Increase our faith so we can receive. In your sons and my pray. Amen. Thank you, Rancho Vista, for joining us. We will see you next week, same time, here online. Amen.